You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Bibles, Ephesians in chapter number five. There we go. And let's find out tonight. Wow. All right. Can you give me some more? There we go. All right. Thank you. Is that better? Is it too loud? No. All right. But uh, I saw a picture of the meat today that they brought in. They had to use a hand truck to bring in the meat for the beast feast. Am I using the pulpit mic? All right. So they had to, so that's a lot of meat. And so we're looking forward to that this Friday and Saturday. I know, uh, let's just be honest, I know we're excited about the preaching, but if we're honest, that meets what we're really excited about. And, uh, and, the, and the preaching too, like we're, we're going to be games and all that. And then I cannot wait, as you're turning to Ephesians 5, I cannot wait for the, for the ministry expo. We've never done this before, but it's going to give people an opportunity. And, and honestly, we're not having every ministry represented. We're going to have like 16 or 17. But that's not every ministry. There's still several more that we, that we just don't have the space or time for right now, but already are up and running. And we'll give more opportunity to that in the future. But I am so looking forward to it just to find out who's interested in what. And, and again, you're not you know, locked in for life just because you get more info. I'm really, I think it's going to be great for us to get some people involved using their giftings and talents for the Lord. I want tonight to... I'm kind of a in-between series here, so we finished our dig-in series about digging into the Word of God and studying the Bible, how to do that, and uh, so we're in the middle of Missions Month, I didn't want to start a new series in the middle of Missions Month, but uh, I want to start at the beginning of the year tackling tough topic topics, tackling tough topics, that's hard to say, real fast, and uh, I want to do that maybe in, in January, I'm not sure on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights. But uh, for now, I want to speak on this as something that uh, I think would be a help to us as we're going into the fall season. Uh, I, want to, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5, and then if you'll pick up Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to see this phrase being used. Let's, in fact, let's look at Colossians chapter 4, verse number 5 first. And then we'll go back to Ephesians chapter 5. But as you're looking at Colossians chapter 4, look at verse 5, please. Paul writing here says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Now, if you look in Ephesians chapter number 5, Ephesians chapter 5, of course, verse 17, a very famous verse here, verse 16, I'm sorry, I put 17 on the sheet there, it's verse 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So we back up and get a little context. Verse 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly. You're, you're, you're minding your surroundings. You're looking at what's going on. Not as, it says, Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So twice it mentions that it is a wise thing to do to redeem the time. So we're going to talk about redeeming the time tonight, and let's pray together, and then I'll explain what we're talking about and give you a little Bible study this evening. Father, 
I pray now as we dig into the scripture a little bit and, and really a topical message about these two verses here and, and the subject of time, I, I pray that you would speak with us this evening and, and show us tonight, Lord, what you want us to get, what you want us to start doing, what you want us to stop doing, how we can better use the time that you've given to us. We never know how much we have, so I pray that we'd be wise with it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As Americans, as consumers, we like unlimited things. How many of you have an unlimited phone plan? You have unlimited data or unlimited talk or unlimited text or something like that. We like that, right? We'll never use, it's unlimited, so you can't use it that amount, right? You can never be limited, but, but we don't like the limits. We don't like to be limited in anything. We like unlimited food. We like buffets, unlimited food at buffets, okay? And I don't know how you feel about that, but but uh, we, we, we normally, as people, we're prone to wanting more. No matter how much you get, you want more. That's, that's just our condition as human beings. But of all the things that you can get more of, there are some things you can't get more of. You can always get more money. Some of you are like, show me how. Please tell me how I can get more money. But, but you can. In fact, if you go to work this next week, you will get more money. Uh, you can always get more food, right? You can, you can do that. That's a, a necessity or commodity that you need. You can get more sleep if you need it. Hopefully, you can do that. So those are all things, but of all the things we can get more of, time is not one of them. That's not a commodity that you can get more of. When your hour is up, when your time is done, you're done. And uh, we each, I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, dark tonight or macabre, but every one of us has a ticking clock on our lives. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment, Hebrews chapter 9 tells us. So we understand that, so, but, but the first blank you want to fill in there is time. Time is the most precious commodity. So when, you, when people say, can I get a minute of your time? That, that's, that, you need to weigh that because your time is precious. If someone said, can I get 20 bucks? Hey, that is, or 100 bucks, that's less than a minute of your time because time is very valuable. You can always get more money. You cannot get more time. And so when we're looking at time, uh, you, you can't buy it back. So when we're talking about the word redeem, that's what we're talking about is buying back time. I, you know, watching sports and basketball or football, you hear people say this, the axiom, you know, father time is undefeated. And what they mean is like eventually, eventually, you're going to get old enough to not play, okay? So I'm a, I'm a Buccaneer fan since, since way back, not a bandwagon fan, you know that. But uh, eventually our quarterback, at some point the man has to stop being good. He's 45 and he's the best uh, quarterback there's ever been. But at some point, Father Times, he's not going to be out there with a walker at 75 throwing 40-yard passes. At some point, Father Times is going to get him. Okay, you L.A. fans, LeBron, he's my age, 38. You know, at some point, he's going to have to stop playing. He wants to play with his son in the NBA, I get that. But Father Time is undefeated in that sense that, hey, you can't beat it. We measure our lives in time, in minutes, in days, in weeks in months, in years. 
Uh, you know, th that is how we, we measure in decades and such. Time is so important. I want you to look at here just a couple of things as, as time is referenced in the Bible, because time is referenced many times in the Bible. The word time is mentioned 620 times in the Bible, and there's actually several different Hebrew and Greek words for the word time as well. Jesus said, if you read the book of John, in the beginning of the book, he says, mine hour is not yet come. Then later on in the book, he says, the hour is coming. And then he says at the end, when he's getting ready to be crucified, the hour is come. So even Jesus is measuring the time. Psalm 31, 15, David said, my times are in thy hand. Ecclesiastes 9, 15, Solomon said, for man also knoweth not his time. We don't know how many years or how many days we get. We're not told that. Hezekiah in 2 Kings 22 was the only king, only person I know of in Scripture where we are told that God extended his life by a certain amount of time. God gave him 15 years, and he told him, I'm going to give you 15 years. I mean, what would we do if God came to us tonight and said, I'm going to give you 15 more years, and that's it, to the day? You know, I think that's an interesting thought to even consider. 1 Corinthians tells us that if you want to fill this in, now is the accepted time of salvation. That means it's always the right time to get saved. It's always the right time to trust Christ as Savior. Amen to that? Amen. Don't put it off. Don't wait. If you're struggling with that and you want to know Christ Savior, you don't put that off. Because, again, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know if you'll have tomorrow. Uh, boast not thyself of tomorrow, if thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. So we don't know what tomorrow brings. Hosea tells us that it is time to seek the Lord. Psalm 62 tells us to trust, trust the Lord at all times. And then lastly, one really interesting thing about heaven, if you'll fill this in, is that time will be what? No more. We measure everything in time. Can you imagine in heaven? No one's going to be like, hey, what time is it? No darkness. There's no night. That's, a, that's an amazing thought. Like, you, you'll be there a million years and think, how long has it been? We don't know. Who cares? You know, it's time for coffee, you know, whatever. Yeah, how are you coffee drinkers going to handle heaven? That's what I want to know. All right? What are you going to do? It's, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? I don't know. I almost said something mean about the coffee drinkers, but I'm going to hold off, okay? Because my wife's a coffee drinker too. But uh, time in the Bible. We, we, I want you to fill in some things here. What does redeeming mean? Now, in the Bible, if you know the word redeem, is to buy back. But, but that's not the sense of what it's saying here. When it, what, what's it mean to buy back time? Now, that's actually, in Scripture, an idiom. What's an idiom? Okay, in, a, in English, it would be something like raining cats and dogs. It's a phrase that... You can't, if you just look at the individual words, it doesn't make sense. And so idiom, the idiom here is buying time, buying back the time. And so, I mean, we, we kind of use that, you know, uh, we, he's buying time in this sense or another. But it really just means to make good use of the time and opportunities God has given you. But here's what the word redeeming means. Fill this in. It means to efficiently use, to efficiently use. It means to utilize your time, efficiently use your time. It means, and these are all within that term of redeeming, although I believe the actual definition there is, it, it's probably making the most of, but, but it, it all means the same idea here. Make the most of your time. Make good use of your time. Do things with intensity and urgency in the time that you are given. Make the most of the time you have. 
That is the phrasing. That's what it's talking about. And the word time there is interesting because in the Greek it means opportunity. If you'll fill that in there, it means opportunity. So the phrase is saying when, when uh, Paul says twice to redeem the time because that's the wise thing to do, he's saying, hey, effectively and efficiently use the time and opportunities God has given you because you won't always have them. There will come time in your life where you won't have the same opportunities you once had. Uh, as you're getting older and, and mobility decreases and, and things that you lose certain opportunities. And so, look, I, I, you know, my shot at playing in the NBA was gone. You know, it's never been there. I never had a shot at playing in the NBA. But at 38, I, I'm thinking that I'm probably done. If I can't play a game of basketball on a, Thursday, on a Sunday night in July without tearing a muscle in my, in my calf, I doubt I'm getting called up, okay, by uh, the, the Clippers. Probably not going to happen. So opportunities, though, doors close. And God is saying, look, if I'm giving you opportunities and I'm giving you uh, resources to do something, go through the door. Make the use of those opportunities that I'm giving to you. Because, again, no matter how old you are, those doors close. And those opportunities fade never to come back again. You know, the, you've probably heard the Latin phrase there, carpe diem, seize the day, seize the day. And I think scripturally that's not a bad idea, to seize the day, to make the most out of it. Now why? Look at your Bible here. It says uh, in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, the, the days are evil. The time, you know, it talks about in, in 2 Timothy, the time will come when, when they will not endure sound doctrine. And so the days are evil, but also Jesus is coming back. And so you, you don't know how much time you have. We, we don't know what we're given. We've seen too many people pass away so young. And again, I'm not trying to be dark or anything or melancholy, but, but I'm saying that there should be a sobriety to our mind and life about I need to make the most of the opportunities God's given me. I don't want to waste them. You only have a certain amount of opportunities. Look at the scriptures here on your, on your page there. James chapter 4, verse 14. Whereas, you know not what shall be on the morrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor. It's a puff of smoke that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. That's, that's so interesting to just think on that for a little bit this week. Psalm 89, 47. This is Ethan, the Ezraite speaking, but it's not David. But he said, remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? But remember how short my time is. Now here's another interesting thing about time. Look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. This is obviously talking about after the rapture, but in the end time prophecy there, the devil is going to be very upset. He's going to be doing everything he can knowing, hey, he's working hard because he's got a short time left. Now, if the devil's working hard because he's got a short time left, I don't want to be outworked by him. I want to work hard with the time that God has given me. I love seeing the, the, the story of the, on, you know, the, the Wyatts in Tanzania having 3,000 people and passing out Johns and Romans and things like that. That's wonderful. 
Hey, next month we've got Friend Day coming up. The end of the month we're trying to get everybody, as many people here as we can, to hear the gospel. And, and I, I think those type of things are wonderful, the things that we ought to be doing to redeem our time, to make the absolute most of what we can do. And, uh, but, but some things we've got to start doing. Now, I want to give you just two quick thoughts, biblically, truths about time. And then I'll give you a couple words, and we won't be lengthy tonight. First of all, let me say this. We are to be good stewards of time. What is a steward? A steward is a manager of another's goods. God owns the time. God gives you the time to, so you can do something with it. And we are to be good stewards of time. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Let a man so count of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So whatever God's given you to do, you need to do it well. You need to do it in a faithful way because God gave you something. 1 Peter 4, 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so a minister or serve the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So, hey, if God's given you something, hey, use it. Use what God has given you. He's given you the, the made-known manifold grace of God. So make the most out of it. We should be using our time to grow, using our time wisely for God. So be a good steward of time. Can I tell you, we are, we are very good at wasting time. Like, we're pros at that. You don't have to be taught how to waste time. Apple just sends you one, a time waster right here. Uh, uh, you know, the TV on the wall has always got something calling to you saying, hey, come waste some time with me. And I'm not against it. Sometimes you need a break. I'm not against that. But, but you know, th there are so many things that say, hey, let me get some, some of your time. We don't have to be taught that. What we have to be taught is how to use our time, how to use our time wisely. Be a good steward. Number two, be, uh, we are to be good investors of time. Be good investors of time. You don't need to turn there, but I'm going to look at Luke chapter number 12. Be good investors of time. In Luke chapter 12, verse 41 through 43, Then Peter said unto him, unto Jesus, Lord, speak us out of this parable unto us or to everybody, even to all. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household or give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So, so the, the, the servant that's blessed is the one that when the, when the master comes back, the master finds him working. And so when Jesus comes back, he, he, we're blessed if he finds us working, laboring. And so we're to be but, but good investors. Here's the thing. Not, I'm not talking about spending your time. I'm not talking about wasting your time. I'm talking about investing. Our kids take piano lessons. All uh, three of them that are here. And Kelly's three, so I don't think she's ready for it yet. We're thinking about it, though. But uh, no, but uh, she doesn't take lessons. But uh, the three, other three kids do. You know, that's not a waste of time. At least I hope it's not, Miss Stephanie. I hope they're not like, you know, just in there messing around and you're like, ah, these kids. You know, but it's an investment. Why? Because it's going to pay dividends later. You know, I find myself, I never get the time back that I spend on YouTube. I never get anything out of that. Like, I, I watch DIY videos a lot, like, you know, how to, how to sand a chair <laughs> or how to stain a table and all this kind of stuff. Say, Pastor, have you ever done that? No, but maybe one day I will, you know. And, but, but you never get that time back. 
And, and so, but maybe even that would be an investment if I did do it. I don't know. But what I'm saying is we can spend our time or we can waste it or we can invest it. Do something that's going to give you a return on that time. And I think that's the right way to do it is to invest time. Now, let me give you tonight, just uh, in, in regards to thinking on this issue and this subject of time, I want to give you six words this evening to really focus in about this fall. As we're going into the fall season with our church, fall gets very busy. We're ramping it up in, in August. We've got, awesome, we've got Roundup Sunday in August. We just, had, we just had Awesome August. Now we're into September. We've got Missions Month. We've got Beast Feast. We've got Ministry Expo. We're trying to paint this all up here you know it's it, there's a lot going on and then we hit october and there's going to be soul winning and there's going to be outreach there's going to be people that we're trying to get to come to church we've got the uh friend day at the end of the month and then the uh, country fair outreach on the 31st a lot going on obviously that there's a lot going on there but how can we make the most of this time that we've been given during the fall let me give you a couple words quickly here tonight the first one i want to give you is the word build I want to encourage you to spend time building some things. Uh, build relationships. That's what, I want you, that, that's what I want to say tonight. Build relationships. This is a great time. As we're heading into the holiday season, which I know we're only in September, but it's coming. It's a great time to try to build relationships. Now, I've said this many times, and I, I will still say it. And I had a, boy, who, who was telling me? I had a, a young person from our youth department. Oh, I remember who it was. And, and uh, he, he is at a different church. And he came to me and he said, Pastor, I was teaching a class and I taught them what you, like your catchphrase that you always said. And it was this, okay? So it's the two-part thing here. It's relationships are the key to life. And then here's the blank. Communication is the key to every relationship. And he said, you know, Pastor, you always said that. And I said, yeah, I do. I, I say that often to the teenagers all the time. Relationships are the key to life, to a happy life. And communication is the key to relationships. If you're bad at communicating, you probably don't have very strong relationships. Or maybe you think they're stronger than they are. Communication is the key. The more you communicate, the better things are. And we as men have to get that through our thick heads. The more we communicate, the better it is. So let me encourage you to work on some specific relationships. Use your time in these relationships. First of all, you and God. You and God, if you'll fill that in. That's your priority. That's number one. By the way, you and God doesn't mean you and church. Can I say that? It means you and God. Now, church is something else. You need to go to church. I think you ought to be in church every time the doors are open. That's why I'm here every time the doors are open. But your relationship with God is beyond that. It's beyond, you know, serving in ministry. Your relationship with God is you and God time. You and Him. And that is, and maybe there's been slacking off during that. During the summertime, you've been busy. There's been travel. There's been all this kind of stuff. Let's build it. Let's build that relationship. Build the relationship between you and God. And communicate with God. That's the communicate with God. How do you communicate? You pray to God. That's you talking to him. You read his word. That's him talking to you. So time with God, you and God, you and your spouse. Secondly, you and your spouse. If you're married, you and your spouse. And, uh, and, and use this time that you've been given here uh, during this fall season, during this uh, holiday season coming up. Use this time to communicate and get a better relationship with your spouse. Date nights. 
uh, or, or, or with your, if you're dating, uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Uh, spend time. Communicate. Not just hi, bye. Communication. Communications. Build that. How about be, uh, the relationship between you and your kids? People are like, nope. Writing that one out, Pastor Scratch. No. It is important. Use the time that you have to get their hearts, to communicate with them, to listen to them when they speak, to give them a voice and, and a sounding board and someone that can, they can trust and talk to and spend that time. I read a story about a dad who promised his son that he'd take him to the circus and his boss called and said, hey, we need you right away. And the father looked at the son and looked at the phone and he said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't come. What? I can't believe you did. He said, I'm sorry, sir, I cannot come. And uh, the wife, when he got off the phone, said, you could have gone. The circus will come back. And his, the, the husband said, but boyhood won't. Boyhood won't. You only get a short amount of time. And so use that time. How about this? The relationship between you and your brothers and sisters in Christ. Build the relationship here. Fellowship with one another. Coming to church. Uh, when we have fellowships and outreaches and activities. Getting it. You may think, I don't need it. But every time you come, you know you feel better. You know that you feel good every time you leave a, a, a ladies' activity, guys. No, I'm just kidding. But to, every time you lead a, leave an activity at church, you know you feel better. You know you're thankful that you got to fellowship with brothers and sisters and iron sharpens iron. And uh, so, so do that. Don't, don't sit in the corner and, and, and be a victim and say, no one wants to talk to me. You know, you ever see a wounded animal? A wounded animal sits in the corner and snaps at everything that comes by it. And sometimes Christians can get that attitude of staying, you know, just staying off to themselves. And anybody approaches them, they're just, hey, 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 leave me alone. And don't, don't, don't let the wounds or the, the hurts in your life keep you from getting closer and fellowshipping with people that love you. That's an that's important thing. I was a little, little deeper there, but I'm moving quick here tonight. But building relationships is how you are going to build most things for God. You're going to build a, a good home, a happy home then you better build a good relationship with your spouse and with your kids. You're going to build a ministry for God? Hey, you, then you better have some good relationships in that ministry. That's how it works. Building, number two. Not only build, use your time this fall to break some things. Break some things. Dinner plates. No. Break habits. Break habits. We set aside time to clean our houses. Well, I'm going to be honest, I don't do that, but uh, I, do, I, do, I do the dishes every once in a while. I try to help out, but, but uh, uh, you know, we, we set aside time to do that. We set aside time for cleaning things, and, and, uh, but we ought to set aside time to clean up our own lives a little bit and get the things out, the cobwebs and all that kind of stuff that's in there. Church, I, I know church is busy, but that's a good thing sometimes because a son left himself bringeth his mother to shame. You've heard the phrase, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Someone asked Thomas Edison one time, so they asked Thomas Edison, what sin tempts you, Thomas Edison? And he said, sin? I don't have time for sin. He's always working and busy. I think it's a good thing, though, to try to break some habits. And, and maybe there's a habit in your life that's had your number, and you've been struggling with that habit. You've been, you've been battling that habit for a long time. Why don't you take the next couple of months and get some victory? And get some help and overcome that. And uh, you're you going to wait till you're 70 or 80 or 90? No, use your time. Use the time that you have and conquer that. Why not do that and enjoy the victory and, and use, you redeem your time for God? Some of you in here <clears throat> would know the name Tommy Lasorda. How many of you know the name Tommy Lasorda? That's what I thought. 
you Dodger fans. Anyway, but uh, Tommy Lasorda, I, I read a story about him that he was talking about overcoming his bad habits. And he was a manager for the Dodgers for a while there. And uh, for a long time, I assume. But uh, he, he said, so, you know, when I was overcoming some habits, I, I took a pack of cigarettes and I looked at that pack of cigarettes and I said, hey, who's stronger, me or you? And then I said to myself, I am. And I threw those pack of cigarettes away. And then I took a vodka martini, because you know every Dodger fan drinks and does drugs. But um, I'm just kidding. And he took, that, he took that martini and he said, hey, vodka martini, who's stronger, me or you? And then he said to him, and I said to him, he, he's saying, I said to myself, I am. And I threw that, that uh, vodka martini away. Then I took a plate of clam ling linguine, clam linguine, and I said to myself, who's stronger, me or you? And a little clam peeked up off that plate and said, I am. And he said, apparently I'm not stronger than clam linguine. But hey, I'm just happy he got rid of some habits, you know, just was willing to quit some things. Use your time to break some habits. Let's go quickly. Number three. Use your time to begin something. Begin a ministry. Begin serving in some way. Hey, guess what? Ministry Expo is coming up. Ministry Expo. Giving you opportunities to say, hey, you, you know, I, I, don't, I may not be gifted in public speaking. I may not be gifted in this or that. But, but there's got to be a place where you can use your talent and gifting for the Lord. And that's what we want to provide you with, is opportunities to serve the Lord in, capacity, in some capacity. And uh, beginning something, trying something new, maybe getting out of your comfort zone. That would be a great thing. Now look, not everybody can do the convenient ministries. The convenient ones, the easy ones. We need, there are people that have to roll up their sleeves and get to work. We're starting a graffiti ministry. That's, that's not the glamorous one. Can I sign me up? I want the, but some of you will, will want that. And that's great. That's wonderful. But that's hard work. That means every time some little punk walks, I mean, I'm sorry, some, some little, uh, some person that God loves walks through our alley over here and decides to spray something that no one can even read. Hey, can you ever read them? I can't read them. I'm like looking at them. It's upside down. You know, I have no idea what they say. And, uh, and they're going to spray our, uh, this week probably. But you know what? Someone's got to do that job. And that may be you. Solar panels on our roof. There's a, clean, there's a solar panel cleaning team now. And maybe you're like, I can't teach a class. There's no way I can do that. Maybe you could do something of, in that nature and help in that capacity. Nursery. Um, God bless you nursery workers, okay? And maybe that's something you could do. Or, or uh, security. Or, or I don't know. There's so many other things that you could do. But maybe it's time. I would encourage you as we're going to the fall to begin something. To use your time in a way for God. And uh, when people, I always get worried when people start quitting ministries. Now look, I don't want anybody to burn out. I don't want to overwork anyone here. You're not here to serve me. That is just not my philosophy. We're here to serve you. And I, as, as the pastor, I'm here to serve you in every way I can. And, and so I don't want anybody overcommitting and getting burned out in a ministry. But I also, it worries me when people start stepping down from ministries. And they're out of this, and they're out of this, and they're out of this. Because oftentimes they just keep going until they're out of church. And I think it'd be a good thing for everybody. We want everybody on Ministry Expo. We want everybody in our church to be on a team. Everybody in our church to be on a team. We have 16 or 17 teams represented coming up. And we have more than that as well. But uh, we, we want that. Why? It gives you community. It gives you fellowship. It lets you serve. And, uh, and, and some of you may need to quit other things so you can start a ministry. 
So you, you may need to quit some other things that uh, are not as important and start a ministry. I'll, I'll just throw that out there, and we'll come back to that in two weeks, okay? Number four, let me say this. Some, how to use your time. Build. Break some habits. Begin something. Number four, the word is breather. Breather. That's a weird word. Let me explain just for a minute here. I think it is important that rest be built into our schedules. You have to have rest. You cannot burn the candle at both ends for too long, or you'll burn out. That's where the phrase comes from. And so you have to build rest. Now, some people, let's be honest, some people need to be told to work harder. Because they're slothful. That, that, that's, that's, that's some people. They need to hear, hey, work harder. But for most people, and most people I know in church, you probably need to be told, take a break. Here is your pastoral command coming from, you know, put rest into your schedule. Make sure you're getting rest. You need a mental break. You need a physical break. You, you need a, a spiritual break, and that doesn't mean taking a break from God. It means resting in God, maybe more time with God, and that's the type of rest that we need. But when God created the earth, on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. Was he tired? Was it all the creating just got him sleepy? No, and I'm not trying to be irreverent. What I'm saying is he did that to say, this is an example for you, that you need a day to rest. Okay, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 9. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Not seven, six. And then God commanded the rest. Does that mean that, hey, you lie, you lie on the couch all day? Maybe. Does that mean that uh, uh, you, know, you have to do uh, uh, housework? Usually. I'm usually mowing the lawn on my day off. Yesterday I was sanding a chair. Hey, those DIY videos. They're coming in practice. Just one random chair in our house is now sanded on the top, and it just looks beautiful. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's, it's great, you know? And, uh, and so, but those type of things are, are diversion, and that's what we need. Variety, rejuvenation, distraction. And I, I'll talk to more about this in November. Our church is going to need, as we're winding up for these three months, I told our staff today, we're winding up for August and September and October. In November and December, we're winding it down. We're not going to have as many activities. We're not going to be out every night of the week doing stuff. We're not, as far as church is concerned. Why? Because I want you to have a, a winding down, enjoyable church time where you can just spend a week with your family, where you can spend time together and build relationships. Because come January, I'm going to be back on you. Hey, let's do it again. Let's, you know, let's get busy again. But you need that rest. And so I'm just telling you, you want to use your time wisely. Some of you need to take a break. You're going to burn out. I need to keep moving, but that's a whole message right there. Number five, let me say this. Here's another word. Beware. Beware of backsliding. Beware. Deuteronomy chapter 8 talks about being beware lest you forget the Lord. And it, be, it means to be oblivious from lack of attention. And uh, so beware. Guard against that. Some people burn out, but some people backslide. Now, here's the dangerous thing about this. Fill this in if you would, please. Backsliding is dangerous because it's slow. It's slow. You miss one service this month. Next month, you miss two. Next month, you miss two. The next month, you miss two. The next month, you miss, you miss three. You miss your walk with God. You miss this. And it's just a slow takeover where you were once on fire for the Lord, and now it's just you're going backwards. 
we have in our backyard, our neighbor has these vines, and they, they're just, they're huge, they're these crazy amount of vines, and, and it's right on our wall, so they come over the top of our wall, it's all over the top of our wall here, and uh, in our backyard, and it, it almost seems like overnight, I'll go out there, I'll be mowing the lawn or whatever, I'm moving the trampoline aside, and coming back, and I'll just notice that now like five feet worth of limb is just over our backyard. And I'm looking at that like, how did that get there? And you know what it was? It was just a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit, and I didn't notice it. Backsliding is the same way. It's a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit, until it's so big, and then you're like, what has happened? Be careful. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 2.1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So just a thought for you, just during these months ahead, everybody starts something new in January, but be careful that you don't let yourself backslide during these last couple months of the year. And then lastly tonight, the word I want to give you there is burn. Talking about getting on fire for God, having a passion for the Lord. John the Baptist, I love, I think it's John chapter 5, verse 35. Jesus called him a burning and a shining light. I love that passage. Just, hey, you know, just being willing to just give his all for Christ. And, and I, I want to just say, church is important. Um, most great things in my life happened to me because of church. I got saved at church or because of church. I, I got baptized at church, got, got married at church, gave my life to God because of church. I serve in the church. I get to do all those things, and, and that's wonderful. But, but uh, what I want you to fill in the blank there is our lives should be built around the church. Our, I believe that our lives should be built around the church. You look at the New Testament church and in the book of Acts, and the lives of those apostles and disciples were built around the church. Their schedules were built around the church. But here's what I want to say. The last blank in your sheet there. Now, write this blank in. And don't tune me out for two minutes, okay? And then we'll be done. Church is wonderful and necessary, but personal revival doesn't have to only happen at church. And I want to encourage you, use these next couple months to build your relationship with God and to get on fire for the Lord and say, I want to pray more than ever. I want to be in my Bible. I want to be closer to God than I've ever been. I respect that so much. I've had church members tell me, Pastor, this is the year I am, I'm working on getting closer to God, and I want to experience that personal revival. I want to challenge you to pray for it in your life. Ask God to put a fire and passion in your heart for, his, for, for the things of God. And that's a wonderful thing to do. So tonight, as we close, what will you do with your time this fall? What will you do with your time? Will you build something? Will you break a habit? Uh, will you start a new ministry, begin something? Will you put a breather into your schedule where you take some rest much needed before you burn out? Will you take care that you don't backslide over these months? And then will you decide, hey, instead of backsliding, I want to get closer to God, not further away. So this issue of time, I mean, when you read the Bible it, and when you live life, it is, it is consuming to us, the issue of time. Let's make sure, let's make sure we're redeeming it. We're, we're efficiently using it the right way. Father, thank you so much for the time that you have given us. And though, Lord, we do not know how much time we have, I pray, God, that you would help.